I am Thomas Solomon, and you are listening to the VO2 Podcast. If you've been following this series on recovery, you now know how to sleep and rest to get yourself ready to go again. But you also need to eat well. Nutrition for recovery includes daily intake of everything the body needs while consuming adequate amounts of specific nutrients in between sessions to prepare you for the subsequent workout. Today, I begin our run along the nutritional trails by examining the primary nutritional tool for an athlete, a healthy eating pattern. Nutrition is a fascinating topic. It has a scientific basis combined with melodramatic undertones. What are my credentials for speaking with authority on this topic? Well, I have been consuming meals and making decisions about meal size and timing since the day I was born. My expertise was then cemented when, at the age of one, I weaned onto solid food and the veritable smorgasbord of culinary opportunity ensued. That's 40 years of experience in the field. I am not alone. There are currently around 7 billion people on Earth who will one day have similar experience and, according to what I witness on social media, many will claim expertise in the topic and parade as practitioners prescribing all manner of dietary practices. Open discussions and idea sharing on any topic is a fruitful endeavour. Discussing nutrition, like any topic, helps us understand different views. The problem with nutrition is that the points of view discussed sit on a continuum from fact to fiction. Unfortunately, the fictional social media storybooks unfold with vastly greater popularity than the facts. Besides my 40-year experience with eating food, I have acquired additional knowledge along my journey through culinary time. A degree in biochemistry, a doctorate in exercise science, ACSM accreditations in exercise physiology and personal training, and nutritionist registration with the Association for Nutrition. More importantly, I have nearly 20 years of experience in diet and exercise research and practice. And the learning never ends. I take pride in continuing education. Every day is a school day. So, what have I learned on this journey? Optimising your nutrition for recovery should begin with learning to eat well for the rest of your life. As I begin to delve into recovery nutrition, I do not wish to encourage an obsession with eating healthy foods, a condition known as orthorexia. Neither will I dive into the conditions of disordered eating, which include unhealthy eating behaviours and body image concerns, nor will I examine the complex biology of weight control. My aim when discussing the topic of nutrition for athletes is not to be a drill instructor dictating what you should eat, but to help you learn what the body actually needs to help maintain healthy function using a food-first approach. When it comes to exercise performance, as an athlete, your dietary needs alter in line with the demands of your sport, but your body's basic nutritional needs do not change. For athletes, just like regular folk, I also advocate a food-first approach. Whether you follow the practice of not fussing and simply relying on auto-regulation to intuitively get you through your nutritional life, 
or whether you make conscious nutritional decisions based on either personal choices, such as vegetarianism, religious beliefs, food exclusions like the Ramadan fa- or Ramadan fasting, or genetic conditions and immunological diseases, the human body has basic needs that can and should be addressed with a healthy eating pattern. There are no shortcuts. You cannot biohack basic biological necessity. The goal of a healthy eating pattern is to eat well. But what on earth does that mean? What is a healthy eating pattern? When David Epstein wrote about embracing range and how that may lead to greater success in the long term, he focused on human performance as the prime example. Nutrition is pretty similar. A healthy eating pattern is most easily illustrated by eating a range of whole foods, a variety of nutrient-dense foods of all colours across and within all food groups. By eating in this way, you will consume carbohydrates, including fibre, fats, proteins, vitamins and minerals. It is always important to remember that you are the only you, but the essence of human biology is the same in all of us. In relation to optimising your recovery from exercise and your return to performance, before worrying about the nuances of your diet, first become a master of what the human body needs to survive, grow and stay healthy and learn to understand how your daily demands affect those needs. Wherever you live in the world, your government will update its healthy eating guidelines every few years. In the US, these guidelines are rather boringly named the Dietary Guidelines, which have been developed into the excellent Choose My Plate tool. Australia has their Eat for Health guide, while the UK has the similarly named Eat Well guide, which is presented in a user-friendly image and is clearly summarised by the British Nutrition Foundation. There are some nuances in the precise guidelines and recommended daily amounts, the RDAs, between countries, but the overall goal is identical, to achieve healthy eating. Now, I am not going to provide you with number targets and meal plans because they can be looked up and stressed over if you wish. Specific grams, milligrams and micrograms of various nutrients are useful in the right hands. But, off the top of your head, do you really know how to obtain 30 grams of fibre per day, or 1000 milligrams of calcium, or even 2.4 micrograms of vitamin B12? Some nutrient needs also change with age and physiological states, like pregnancy. Even your religious beliefs or personal dietary choices may even change over time. You might even have or develop a disease that dictates a nutrient exclusion. No matter what your needs are, it is important to remember that there is more than one way to achieve a healthy eating pattern. Your healthy eating pattern must be bespoke to your socio-cultural and or personal preferences. That said, there are some basic rules of engagement based on what the human body needs to keep firing like a well-tuned engine. The first important bite of knowledge to arm yourself with every time you make a nutritional choice is that healthy eating focuses on including a variety of nutrient-dense foods. These are foods with multiple vitamins, minerals, carbohydrates, healthy fats and lean proteins, while limiting empty calories, that are foods with just a single nutrient. The second morsel of knowledge is that a healthy eating pattern limits the intake of sugar, saturated fat, trans fats, salt, i.e. sodium, and alcohol. But that is rather dull because you already knew that. 
Note here that there are high tr during times of high training load or training in specific environments, it sometimes warrants extra intake of sugar and sodium. But read on. To achieve these healthy eating goals, your healthy eating pattern should include vegetables of all colours, fruits of all colours, grains, especially whole grains, oils, protein-containing foods, dairy or soy, and fluid. You might also wonder how much food you should eat. Well, it is neither possible nor appropriate to give a single numeric answer to that question. The bottom line is that your daily caloric intake must be sufficient in relation to your daily training load to maintain an adequate energy availability that allows your body to maintain normal physiological functions. For athletes, this typically also involves maintaining a healthy and stable body weight. Noting, of course, that for some sports, there may be times when weight gain or weight loss is appropriate depending on the time of season or the performance goals. As a runner, always keep in mind that being light does not equal being fast. So a constant quest for weight loss is rarely appropriate and body weight must always be considered in the context of your power to weight ratio. So, as an athlete, healthy eating is achieved by eating a range of whole foods in adequate amounts relative to your needs. The goal for healthy eating is not achieved by a crash diet, sudden food exclusions or stocking up on an array of supplements. The goal is to understand what healthy eating is and then to adopt such, such practices for the rest of your life. Just like your training stimuli, nutritional consistency is key, so take meals seriously. Poor eating habits are the biggest risk factor for nutritional deficiencies and cause and a cause of body weight fluctuations. Understanding and implementing a healthy eating pattern will prevent you developing nutritional deficiencies and help you maintain body weight stability. You will be healthy, and a healthy athlete is a high-performing athlete. An unhealthy athlete might produce pockets of brilliance, but their form will gradually decline and they will never fulfill their genetic potential. So, healthy eating can give you the edge. But remember, just as you would when increasing your training load, if you are making changes to your nutritional habits, make gradual changes over time. Help yourself adapt to new habits to make them a habit of daily living forever and not just for a few weeks. And if you do not know what you are doing, consult a sports nutritionist or dietitian. So what will healthy eating provide you with? Keeping things simple, your body needs macronutrients, carbohydrates, fats and proteins, and micronutrients, vitamins and minerals, in varying amounts. Healthy eating provides all these things. Except for fibre, a type of indigestible carbohydrate that feeds your gut microbes and keeps your gastrointestinal system running smoothly, the food you eat is digested into small molecules that are absorbed into the blood and delivered to the different tissues. Carbohydrates, available carbohydrates, not fibre, fats and proteins are digested into smaller molecules and then used in various processes or used to build new tissue. Carbohydrates and fats can also be stored in certain tissues. Carbohydrate is stored as, stored as glycogen, primarily in muscles and liver, while fat is primarily stored in adipose tissue, fat tissue. 
In athletes, there is also an abundance of quickly accessible fat droplets stored in your muscle cells. The main reason us humans eat food is to produce energy. The products of digestion are used inside the cells of all tissues to synthesize ATP, adenosine triphosphate, which is the chemical energy currency needed to drive the biochemical reactions taking place in your body. These reactions allow us to be, think and move. As an athlete, you will have days when you move more and will, therefore, require more food to keep the ATP currency flowing. To produce ATP, your cells primarily use fatty acids from digested fats and glucose from digested carbohydrates. Amino acids from digested proteins can also be used for ATP to ATP production, but their contribution to producing chemical energy is negligible and only becomes relevant during starvation and chronic diseases. Producing ATP is vastly complicated and requires a large number of enzymes, each one catalyzing a specific biochemical reaction in a long chain of events. As an athlete, eating carbohydrate and fat-containing foods is essential primarily for immediate energy production or to be stored for subsequent energy production. Amino acids, the protein building blocks, are primarily used to repair and or build the various proteins needed around the body. Some amino acids are used to build the actual enzymes that help catalyse the reactions that produce ATP in your mitochondria, while other amino acids are incorporated into structural or contractile proteins, like the contractile proteins in your muscles that help you move. Different proteins synthesize and degrade at different rates, but the two processes of protein synthesis and protein breakdown are continuous and never take a break. For athletes, daily protein ingestion is essential to create a sufficient availability of amino acids that prevents protein breakdown outweighing protein synthesis. Daily protein ingestion is essential because you do not have a bodily amino acid store. To keep all of the many thousands of biochemical reactions running smoothly, your body also needs a whole heap of helpers in the form of vitamins and minerals. Some of the helpers can be synthesized in your body, for example vitamin D when exposed to UV. Others can even be stored, such as vitamin A. But most of them must be consumed daily. Because each helper has a different skill set, sufficient availabilities of vitamins, cofactors and minerals are essential to keep your engine structurally sound and running smoothly. Athletes need daily dietary sources of carbohydrates, fats, proteins, vitamins, minerals and fluid. As I already described, the Healthy Eating Checklist provides a simple framework for obtaining these needs. But let's take a slightly more detailed look at what healthy eating provides and which foods can help achieve it. Carbohydrates, in their starch form, formerly known as complex carbs, are found in whole grains, potatoes, brown rice, fruits and vegetables. An indigestible type of starch, called fibre, is also an essential component of the diet and is found in whole grains and fruit and vegetables. Carbohydrates also come in a simple sugar form, which is also found in fruit and veg, and other foods including milk, white rice, white bread, table sugar, candy and sports drinks, bars, gels, etc. 
Fats are found in animal-based foods like meat, seafood and dairy, and plant-based foods like nuts, seeds, olives and avocados. Some fat-containing foods are also a source of fat-soluble vitamins, A, D, E and K. Oils, including DHA and EPA, the essential omega-3 fatty acids that the body needs but cannot synthesize, are found in cold water oily fish like tuna and salmon and fish oils. Essential fatty acids are also found in nuts and seeds and commonly consumed plant-based oils like canola, corn, olive, peanut, safflower, soybean and sunflower oils. Protein can be obtained from animal products like lean meats, poultry, fish and dairy, but also plant sources like soy, tofu, quinoa, legumes, nuts and seeds. Soy milk is a good moo milk alternative since it contains similar amounts of protein per 100 mils. But check that it has been fortified with calcium, B12 and vitamin D, which are not always added to all soy products. Other plant-based products sold as milk, like almond, rice, coconut and hemp milk drinks, typically contain negligible amounts of protein, calcium and vitamins. I call these dirty water. If you abstain from suckling on the teat of bovinity, best choose soy milk. Vitamins are found in a wide range of foods. Fruit, when eaten from the range of colours, and vegetables, when chosen from all the subgroups, are a source of many vitamins. Whole grains are a great source of vitamin A and B vitamins. Vitamin D, which is largely synthesised in the skin in the presence of sunlight, is also found in oily fish, egg yolk and fortified foods. Vitamin E is also found in nuts and seeds, seafood, olive and avocados, and some plant-based oils. Dairy products are also a good source of vitamin A, B12, riboflavin and D if it's fortified. Protein-containing foods are also a source of vitamins. Minerals are also found in a variety of foods. For example, iron is found in meat, fish and poultry in its heme-bound form, which is more completely absorbed in the intestine than the plant-derived non-heme-bound form of iron, which is found in lentils, nuts and dark green vegetables. Fruit and veg provide a source of minerals, as do whole grains, dairy products and protein-containing foods. Fluid, of course, is best obtained by drinking water, but is also in your other drinks like tea and coffee and beer and wine. So that's a whirlwind tour through energy production and the necessity of carbs, fats, proteins, vitamins, minerals and fluid. As you can see, the different food groups contain different types of nutrients and specific foods within the different food groups also contain different amounts of the above described nutrients. Some foods are more nutrient-dense than others, while other foods might not contain any of a particular nutrient. And that is where the great puzzle begins. How do you know if you are consuming what you need? Variety is key. But keep it simple. Food first, supplements second. Healthy eating doesn't need to be tackled like a giant puzzle. Don't stress. Don't overcomplicate things. 
Begin to educate yourself so you may bathe in the knowledge that you can fulfill all your dietary needs with the foods available in your grocery store. Educating yourself will also allow you to relax when you discover that your health is not destroyed if your healthy eating habits occasionally turn to the dark side for a day or two. You fancy eating a family-sized pizza? Eat a family-sized pizza with toppings you like. Don't worry about the calories or the macros, just eat a tasty pizza that puts a smile on your face and makes your belly bulge. Then get back on track. As an athlete, sometimes a sports bar, drink or gel is necessary during training or competitions. Sometimes other supplemental foods like a protein powder might be an appropriate appropriate option. But your daily total nutritional needs should primarily be met using whole food sources. Food first. Dietary or sports supplements should not replace meals of food. Food first. Whole foods in their most natural, unprocessed form provide the body with the greatest greatest variety and density of nutrients. And they are darn tasty. So, incorporate as many whole foods as you can into your eating pattern to maximise the nutritional benefit. Food first. Natural sources of whole foods are ideal for maintaining health and getting athletes ready to go again. This is why I have have provided some food examples in this post. But don't live and die by these examples, as they are just a learning tool, not a life template. There is much to learn, but start by learning to choose whole foods first and learning to eat a varied mix of whole foods every day. Doing so will grace your fine body with all the nutrients it needs. Yes, there are specific recommended daily intakes for most nutrients because a deficiency in a specific nutrient can cause disease. For example, a lack of iron, which among many functions is required for haemoglobin, your oxygen-carrying pigment in red blood cells, or a lack of B vitamins, which are required for carbohydrate, fat and protein metabolism, can cause anemia, premature fatigue and the inability to maintain training load. A lack of vitamin D, which is required for calcium absorption, and or a lack of calcium, prevents adequate bone formation and turnover, allowing bone breaks or fractures to occur more easily. A lack of zinc, a structural and functional mineral that helps over 200 enzymes involved in energy metabolism, including lactate dehydrogenase, DNA transcription, immunity and wound healing, or a lack of magnesium, a cofactor for over 300 enzymes involved in energy metabolism, muscle contraction, glycogen breakdown and protein synthesis, can cause muscle weakness, cramps and muscle structural damage. A lack of iron, vitamin D, zinc and magnesium, along with other nutrients like vitamins A, E and C, and the B vitamins, including folic acid, can increase the risk of infection from bacterial or viral pathogens or prolong symptoms following an infection because they all play a role in white blood cell production or white blood cell function. Since the immune system is also essential for wound healing, muscle repair and training adaptations, such deficiencies can also delay recovery from injury and muscle soreness while blunting training adaptations. 
As an athlete, all this might sound a bit scary, but do not mistake the risk of deficiency as an indication that you need to be popping pills and or megadosing on such nutrients. Why can't you just take a dietary supplement? Yes, studies show that nutrient deficiencies cause disease, but the evidence also shows that consuming large nutrient doses that vastly exceed recommended daily intake guidelines do not confer additional benefits for general health or exercise adaptations. Naturally, there are of course exceptions to the rule. If you have nutrient intake deficiencies because of dietary exclusions enforced by genetic conditions, religious beliefs or personal choices, then supplements are often advised. Likewise, if you have blood test confirmed deficiencies in nutrient biomarkers like vitamin D or the iron storage protein ferritin, then certain supplements might also become part of your healthy eating practice. Either way, because supplementation can easily be effed up and cause issues that didn't previously exist, dietary supplementation should be implemented with guidance from your doctor and a qualified nutritionist or dietitian. If you don't know how to build a house, don't start laying the bricks. Why the scare tactic with dietary supplements? Well, for the sole reason that the world of supplements is, incredibly, very poorly regulated. A naturally occurring compound that can be extracted from food, does not kill humans and is not marketed to treat or prevent disease, can be bottled and sold. Simple. If a compound is chemically modified, it is then labelled as a drug, and it typically takes at least 10 years to bring that to market. Dietary supplements are marketed to the world via advertisements with the spin of bold promises like healthy ageing and immune boosting or performance enhancing. The problem being that evidence for the health benefits of dietary supplements in people without deficiencies is lacking. And, as I alluded to above, if you do have a clinically confirmed nutrient deficiency, seek qualified advice. Ask yourself... Do you have the medical education to know what you are doing when browsing the aisles in your local supplement store? My favourite example for the overzealous world of supplement marketing is that of vitamin C. In the words of Eddie Izzard, vitamin C is good for scurvy, isn't it? Yes, there's a lot of scurvy around these days. Granted, no one wants scurvy. The limeys ingeniously prevented it by eating lemons and limes. Vitamin C can easily be consumed in whole foods. An orange, a kiwi fruit, a cup of pineapple or a cup of broccoli all contain enough vitamin C, about 100 milligrams, to meet your daily needs. Yet, a typical vitamin C tablet can contain anywhere from 400 to 3000 milligrams. I don't particularly like acronyms, but this is a massive case of WTF. Why do I say that? Vitamin C is a water-soluble vitamin that cannot be stored in the body. Because of that property, if you consume more than is needed, your body will quite, quite literally flush the excess down the toilet. The good news for vitamin C is that it is not toxic. So, in this case, megadosing is not harmful, but pointless especially when considering the systematic reviews and meta-analyses showing that vitamin C supplementation neither prevents nor treats the common cold, pneumonia or SARS.
This might feel like I'm embarking on a rant, but please stay with me a bit longer as the nutritious punchline is approaching. In some cases, with unwitting dietary supplementation, you can flirt the line between pointlessness and outright danger. You might cross this line with fat-soluble vitamins like vitamin A, vitamin D or vitamin E, which become toxic in large doses, or even with minerals that have a bodily store. A classic example is iron, which is required for many bodily functions including immunity, muscle contractions and oxygen transport. As an athlete, some of those functions of iron will sound most useful. Iron deficiency is not good for us humans because it can cause anemia and the associated chronic fatigue. But excess iron intake is a mutually dangerous sin that doesn't require too much excessive intake. It causes iron overload, where excess iron is deposited in your tissues leading to heart failure, liver disease and neurological decline. Again, I ask, do you know what you are doing when browsing the supplement aisles? Please avoid megadosing and beware of any food supplement company trying to tell you otherwise. Dietary supplement use is widespread in athletes, but megadosing vitamins and minerals, which studies show is common in athletes, will likely do more harm than good. Since vitamins are coenzymes, when the enzyme systems they are supporting become saturated, the vitamins freely circulate and can become toxic. This is especially true of the fat-soluble vitamins A, D, E and K. If you have a clinically proven deficiency in a nutrient like iron or vitamin D, then yes, supplement can be a useful tool to bring your levels back into the healthy reference range. As a human, but also as an athlete, it is your responsibility to learn, implement and sustain healthy eating habits to ensure that you obtain all the nutrients you need to recover, adapt and get ready to go again, time after time, in a healthy manner. Food first, supplements second. Are athletes at risk of nutrient deficiencies? If you are an athlete with persistently poor nutritional habits, then yes. A poor diet is the primary cause of nutritional deficiency. Otherwise, the answer is possibly. Exercise is indeed a powerful tool for maintaining health, but athletes are not immune to the effects of a bad diet and or increased nutrient loss. A deficiency in one or more nutrients over several days or weeks may impair your recovery and decrease your performance by reducing your ability to train, an effect of iron deficiency anemia, or by increasing your risk of injury or illness an effect of vitamin D and calcium deficiency. That said, adopting a healthy eating pattern reduces your risk of developing a nutrient deficiency. A nice analogy to consider is that of the Formula One racing car. Team mechanics apply their graceful touches to the engine to keep it as fast and as economical as as is required for the conditions of the track and the demands of the race. Feed the engine the wrong fuel the engine fails, and all the hard work was futile. An athlete consuming a terrible diet will eventually find holes in their return to form. Fix the diet, optimise the recovery. Compared to regular folk, an athlete's engine is revving faster and for longer and needs to be well-tuned. Compared to regular folk, 
athletes' nutritional requirements increase for some, but not all, nutrients. For example, when training load increases, total daily caloric intake must also increase because of the greater carbohydrate and fat utilization during sessions and the greater need for protein to help repair, strengthen and grow. Because more food must be eaten to meet the expense of the firing engine while leaving enough energy available for normal bodily function, it is often a natural extension that most nutrients are also consumed in greater amounts. For example, a study of 419 male and female international athletes found that daily intakes of vitamins and minerals were positively associated with total daily caloric intake. The more food athletes ate, the greater the micronutrient intake and the further above the specific RDA values they rose. Studies show that a healthy eating pattern and sufficient energy availability are not always widespread in elite athletes. That macronutrient recommendations are often not achieved and that inadequate dietary habits are associated with nutritional deficiencies. Naturally, there are also some situations where specific nutritional demands might increase. Excessive sweating, particularly when living in a tr- in living or training in hot and humid environments, can increase daily requirements of some micronutrients, including sodium, iron, zinc and magnesium. Menstruation, regular blood donation or training at high altitude can increase the need for iron. But these effects are not necessarily indications that a supplement is needed. The increased requirement can be achieved with whole foods. That said, situations do exist where dietary supplements are indicated. For example, folate is advised in women planning a pregnancy. B12 is advised in those who exclude meat in their diet, since vitamin B12 is generally not found in plants, with the exception of some algae. Since healthy eating patterns are not widespread, nutrient deficiencies can be rather common. According to a 2018 Olympic Committee consensus statement and evidence from other surveys, there are three classic deficiencies that athletes often present with. Low ferritin, or bodily store of iron, low calcium and or low bone mineral density, and low vitamin D, which supports the absorption of calcium. Before your alarm bell starts ringing, it is exceptionally important to understand that this information is not a shopping list dictating which supplements you need to stock up on. I bring your attention to these facts so, as an athlete, you are aware of the demands your body is under and so you are armed with useful information to take to your GP to request some blood tests to rule out any deficiencies. This is the best approach if you are concerned about your nutrient intake or concerned about nutrient deficiencies. As an athlete, regular tests like this are advisable for maintaining health, preventing disease and keeping your engine firing smoothly. Over-the-counter dietary supplements are a supplement to, but not a replacement for, healthy eating patterns. Taking a self-prescribed daily nutritional supplement as an insurance policy might seem sensible, but how do you know whether it whether it is doing good, doing nothing, or even causing harm. 
Clinical tests are highly informative decision-making tools, but they are not a replacement for being a master of your nutritional choices. Implementing healthy eating habits can start today and will help you prevent nutrient deficiencies arising before you even need to head to your doctor. For example, iron needs can be met by eating fish, meat, poultry or plant sources like lentils, nuts and dark green vegetables. Vitamin C, which increases the absorption of iron, can be found in oranges, lemons and limes, raspberries and grapefruit. Vitamin D can either be synthesised by exposure to UV, but lying in the sun is not particularly healthy, or by eating oily fish, salmon and tuna, or egg yolk, or foods fortified with vitamin D. And calcium can be consumed in dairy or fortified soy milk. How can you sustain a healthy eating pattern? Firstly, don't lose your mind over food. Orthorexia, the unhealthy preoccupation with healthy eating, is a thing. So keep calm. Your diet doesn't have to be perfect. Yes, a consistently terrible diet will disrupt your recovery from and your adaptations to your sessions and acutely impair your performance. But, just like one missed training session doesn't delete your fitness, a single day of bad food choices among several days of consistent healthy eating practice won't jeopardise your health or fitness. Simply aim to get it right most of the time. To help stay calm and on track, use this simple but effective logical strategy. Plan it, get it, prep it, cook it. This strategy has been used by world-renowned sports nutritionists and successfully implemented in research and performance practice. It involves working out what food you need, how you can get it, how you can prep it and how you can cook it. Perhaps you need to shop smart with a grocery list and use a grocery store strategy. Maybe you need to arrange and stock your kitchen with the nutritious foods you need. Perhaps you need to plan your meals each week or even batch prepare so you have food ready to heat and eat. Make sure you always have what you need either at home, in your bag or with you at work. Don't allow your daily tasks to become the barrier to healthy eating. Stock the fridge in anticipation of a large session or race. It is even possible that you need to learn how to cook. And make mealtimes fun. Introduce new ideas by sharing the cooking load with your friends and family. To help streamline these healthy eating strategies, you can check out the useful information on the Choose My Plate Eat Healthy Budget page. Your healthy eating pattern should be sustainable every day. As an athlete, you are very likely to be travelling a lot for races or even just for training. Being in new and unfamiliar environments can throw a spanner in the works. Planning your nutritional travel strategy ahead of time will keep you calm and well-fed. Identify food access at your destination. Bring supplemental food for the journey. Stay hydrated during flights. Even check food safety standards at your destination. When travelling to the Spartan Race World Championships in Lake Tahoe in 2018, I knew that grocery store access would be tough in this pricey ski resort at Squaw Valley. And I didn't want to eat out prior to the race through risk of abruptly changing the foods that I and my gut were used to. 
So I packed five days of food from the UK and this kept me on track, particularly during the journey and on arrival at one o'clock in the morning when nothing was open. Excitingly, I was stopped for a luggage check in Denver and had a fun time explaining to a grumpy, finger-on-the-trigger type of TSA officer why I had multiple tins of tuna, carrots, apples, bags of pasta, and two Ziploc bags of white powder, maltodextrin, in my case. Excitement turned to fear. It was my worst US arrival to date. Never smile at or crack jokes with Homeland Security. Amen. In the absence of being held in custody... To support your quest for a healthy eating pattern, a collaboration between the US Olympic Committee sport dietitians and the University of Colorado developed the Athlete's Plates, which were validated in 2019. The Athlete's Plates provide a visual guide to help you learn what a variety of nutrient-dense food look like. The bird's-eye views of the easy, moderate and hard-training plates show the relative areas of carbohydrates, fats, proteins and fruit and veg that should cover your plate. Since your training load will vary from day to day and week to week depending on your training phase, eating to fuel your, fuel your sessions or races and recover from them will depend on how hard your sessions are. So, the athlete's plates provide useful visual clues as to how the relative amounts of the different food groups might vary in line with different daily training loads. For example, moderate day meals contain lean protein foods covering about a quarter of your plate, with the remaining three quarters of the plate equally divided between whole grain carbohydrate sources and vegetables. Moderate day meals are relevant on a moderate effort training day that might include two sessions, but with a focus on technical skill in one session and endurance in the other. The moderate day is your baseline from where you adjust your plate up for hard days or races or down for easy days. Easy day meals also contain lean protein foods covering about a quarter of your plate with slightly less whole grain carbohydrate sources and more vegetables and fruit. These meals are appropriate on an easy training day that might include an easy effort workout or during a taper that doesn't require the need to load calories for an imminent race. Easy day meals are also relevant to a weight management period in athletes trying to lose weight, or athletes in sports requiring less energy due to lower daily training loads. Hard day meals also contain lean protein foods covering about a quarter of your plate. But now the carbohydrate sources are increased and cover about half of the plate, primarily from grains like white rice, pasta, bread and potatoes, with less whole grains. This reduces the amount of fibre to reduce the risk of gastrointestinal issues during hard training or during races. Hard day meals are for hard effort training days that contain a race or at least two workouts that are relatively hard. If your race requires extra fuel from carbohydrates, hard day meal plates are useful for carbohydrate loading before race day and on race day. You will notice that the athlete's plates do not suggest any caloric loads or energy availability values required to maintain healthy performance. The important things to note are their 
abundance and variety of whole foods, the presence of all food groups including lean protein at every meal, and the increasing contribution of carbohydrate-containing foods as the training intensity increases from easy to moderate to hard. The athlete's plates are a guide, not a rule. To help put healthy eating into practice, work with a registered sports nutritionist or dietitian for the best outcome. Or, for a deeper dive into the topic, the IAAF, now called the World Athletics, published a consensus statement in 2019 on nutrition for athletics, headed by Professor Louise Burke. So, what can you add to your recovery toolbox? Occasionally, we hear from athletes who don't care about their nutrition and eat what they want. But eating what you want and eating what you need are two very different things. Going back a few moons, I recall the British decathlete Dean Macy being adamant that nutrition did not matter. Macy was an affable, bloke-down-the-pub kind of guy, and a world-class decathlete. But he was the nearly man, coming forth at both Olympics he attended. Macy had an injury-ravaged career that eventually forced him to retire, and I always wondered whether his nutritional apathy came back to bite him in the ass. Could a healthy eating pattern have helped Macy sustain a healthier career? Could a healthy eating pattern have plonked him on an Olympic podium? We will never know, but one thing for sure, it would not have hurt. A professional athlete not doing all they can to be the best they can be is remarkably foolish. A builder never leaves out the foundations ahead of constructing their masterpiece. Ignoring nutrition and expecting to fulfil your genetic potential is a silly game that I suggest you avoid. So, to leave you with something to chew on, here are some nuggets to put in your recovery toolbox. Educate yourself with reputable sources of information to help bolster your immunity to sexy-sounding marketing gimmicks and misleading advertising. Identify your barriers to healthy eating and create solutions to these challenges. Plan your meals and snacks so a healthy choice is always available. Aim for consistency even when your environment changes. Distribute your caloric intake evenly through the day. Include nutrient-dense foods at every meal or snack opportunity. Include all food groups, including protein, at every meal. Fresh fruits and veg, whole grains, beans, oils, nuts, seeds, lean protein, low-fat dairy or soy are your friends. Dietary supplements are useful when dietary deficiencies exist or when nutritional needs cannot be met, but only under medical guidance and consultation with a registered nutritionist or dietitian. And most importantly, take meals seriously but don't stress. Simply aim to have fun with nutrition and enjoy your food journey. All is not lost if things get effed up from time to time. Just aim to eat well on as many days as possible by including a variety of nutrient-dense foods of all colours across and within all food groups. And if you have no clue what you are doing, consult a sports nutritionist or dietitian. Thanks for joining me for another session. 
I will be staying on the recovery track for a little while longer and will soon return with a look at exercise nutrient timing. Until that time, keep eating smart, and if you want to eat, mm, read more digestible knowledge on the topic, along with food ideas and recipes, I can highly recommend adding Nancy Clark's Sports Nutrition Guidebook to your bookshelf. Or, for a deeper but still readable feast on the topic, check out Louise Burke's book, Clinical Sports Nutrition. Manger, 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 as my French twin would say. If you are enjoying this free content, please subscribe to my updates, like and follow at VO2 on social media, and please also share these articles on your social media pages. If there are topics you'd like to know more about, then please drop me a line. If you would like to help keep this free content alive, please also consider buying me a beer by visiting buymeacoffee.com forward slash thomas.solomon. I occasionally mention brands and products, but it is important to know that I am not sponsored by or receiving advertisement royalties from anyone. I have conducted biomedical research for which I have received research dollars from publicly funded national research councils and medical charities, and also from private companies, including Novo Nordisk Foundation, AstraZeneca, Amelin, the AP Muller Foundation, and the Augustinus Foundation. These companies had no control over the research design, data analysis, or publication outcomes of my work. Any recommendations I make are, and always will be, based on my own views and opinions shaped by the evidence. The information I provide is not medical advice. Before making any changes to your habits of daily living, based on any information I provide, always ensure it is safe for you to do so and consult your doctor if you are unsure.